up one page, two pages, three pages, and you'll find you are there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. As we study the book of Colossians, we <coughs> looked uh, last week, last Wednesday night, at uh, verses 15 and following, talking about the Lord Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. We are pretty much uh, visual people. Okay? We get all wrapped up in things that we can see and touch and feel and smell. And all of those things are temporary. It's the things that are invisible that are eternal. The souls of men are eternal. Angels are eternal. The Word of God is eternal. Fortunately, uh, we can hold copies of it in our hands and, uh, and know the will of God revealed through the Word of God. But uh, in this particular verse, he talks about uh, divisions of angels, and he says whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, four different divisions of angels. All things were created by Jesus, by him, and for him. And so when people start wondering, well, why did God make mosquitoes? Well, he created mosquitoes for himself. Okay? He said, well, I don't understand that. That's why he's God. And you're not. God understands all the things he does. Well, why did he make platypus? A marsupial that lays eggs keeps it young in a pouch, has a bill like a duck, fur like a muskrat, and a tail kind of like a beaver. What's with that? Oh, didn't you read in Proverbs that God delights in doing things that kings can't figure out? (laughs) And who are the kings of our generation? The scientists. Man. And uh, and their explanations are, are sometimes really off the wall, you know. For example, uh, wasps that catch spiders, mud daubers. They catch spiders and they paralyze them. And they stuff them up into the mud dauber tubes. And then they lay an egg and seal it off. Okay? Wow. That kind of relationship makes it seem like they had to evolve together perfectly. No explanation apart from the fact that God created them for himself. Now we get to watch and we get to enjoy and we get to appreciate. Okay? Beautiful sunsets. Nobody paints a sunset like God. That that pink color. When the orange begins to fade and the high wispy clouds and, and you've got that, that deepening blue sky behind that pink color is called sky blue pink. 
It's unlike any other pink in, the, in creation. It's incredible. And God did that. We get to enjoy it, but he did it for himself. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. That means he's first. He's first. If creation was an Olympic sport, he would be on the center podium by himself. Nobody else. The rest of us are not creative. We are imitative. And God gives some people unique talents. Unique abilities. But they don't ever do anything new. Scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. I admire talent. I admire musical talent. You know, for a guy who can barely play the radio... I love people who can play musical instruments. I love art. Took several art courses in, in uh, college, enough to find out that I have no artistic ability. But I can see it and appreciate it. It's just, uh, wow. God created all things for Himself. And allows us to them to enjoy them. He's before all things. And verse 17, by him all things hold together. All things hold together. If you have not seen Lou Giglio's, what's the second one, Tom? First one was indescribable. The second one was, it's the second passion tour. I got it on my computer. Anyhow, uh, where he talks about uh, the uh, the substance within health cells that, that holds it all together. Uh, wow. Incredible. If you haven't seen it, you got to get it. Look at it. Watch it. Okay? Because uh, just really neat. Okay, i got to get on. Okay, verse 18. And he is the head of the body. He's the head. Of the body. Who's the body? The church. We're the body of Christ. Christ is the head. Now, let me ask you a question about your body. Okay? Who controls your body? Okay? Supposed to be the head, right? Okay? My body is perfectly content to lay in bed all morning long. But my eyes open and my brain shifts into gear, or however you want to describe it. And my brain says, it's morning. Let's get up. Somewhere in the world, someone is cooking bacon, the candy of meats. (laughs) And I say, come on, let's roll out of here. And my leg says, go without me. I'm not. I, 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 I'm comfortable. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, but I say no, no. I'm the head. You get up. <laughs> like like Ben when he's at my when he was at my house. I've told the story a hundred times, but I want to hear it one more time. <laughs> he's standing by my my recliner, and he says, "Hey, Grandpa, this is my chair. You get up." I said, "No, this is Grandpa's chair." He said. No, this is my chair. You get up. I said, no, this is my chair. I'm not getting up. Eleven times he said, hey, Grandpa, this is my chair. You get up. 
Finally, I said, Ben, whose chair is this? He said, okay, it's Grandpa Randy's chair. I said, all right. He said, I'm Grandpa Randy. You get up. (laughs) Well, you know the end of that story. (laughs) He got the chair. I got up. God is the head of the body. Who's the church? He is the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, he might have the preeminence. You know what eminence is, right? It's what they call the king or the queen. Your eminence. What? Highest in the land. Top authority. Okay? Christ has preeminence. Not everybody worships him yet. But he is worthy of worship. And one of these days, Philippians chapter 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My heart breaks for those people who are going to be in hell who thought that Satan was really going to give them all the things that he promised. Unfortunately, with Satan, the promise is as good as it gets. It's all downhill from the promise. And they're going to watch him as he falls on his knees and declares that Jesus is Lord. Not him. And they are going to feel so cheated and so angry. Not that they got lied to, but that they believed the lie. I mean, we get lied to all the time. With a little discernment, we don't believe all the lies. So he called the other day. Says, This is Charles Casey. I knew she didn't know me. Nobody calls me Charles if they know me. <laughs> I said, yes, as a matter of fact, it is. And she said, uh, listen, we have an opportunity for you to lower your credit card interest rates to 4%. I said, wow. She thought she had me. She said, uh, would you like to speak with someone about it? And I said, honestly, the first time I ever pay an interest payment on a credit card, I'm cutting it in half. If I don't pay it off the end of the month, I cut it in half. Quit using it. She said, you do? I said, yes, ma'am. So I pay a 0% interest on my credit card. She said, hmm. I said, I really appreciate you calling. And she said, well, I appreciate you telling me about that because I may need to call you back sometime (laughs) okay (laughs) maybe I can help you if you have a credit card you don't pay off the end of every month cut it up the bank is soaking you oh goodness and it's not like they don't have money Bank of America gave away close to a billion dollars last year billion okay That's a number with a bunch of zeros behind it. And how are they able to do that? Oh, well, these bankers, they're wealthy. No, they didn't give it out of their pockets. They gave it out of your pocket. Because they got it from you. And if they don't give some of it away, we're going to get angry. 
and start burying our money in the cans in the backyard. Then they're going to be sorry. (laughs) No. But you know what I'm saying. Christ is going to have the eminence. So right now, he has the preeminence because God raised him from the dead. And that's what purchased our salvation. His death on the cross, yes. His sinless life, yes. His bearing all of our sins in his own body, yes. But the wages of sin is death, and he died. And to demonstrate that our sins had been paid for, God raised him from the dead. And now he has the preeminence. He's first. It goes on and says, For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. When people try to separate the Trinity, I understand that the, that the Lord Jesus represents the body, because that's the part we can see and touch, and the Holy Spirit represents the eternal spirit of God, of Christ, and the Father represents the, the soul, the mind, the, the uh, uh, consciousness, the uh, ability, the will. That's the word I'm looking for. The will of God. Okay? And, and, but when people try to break it up too much, they miss the boat. Because Jesus is all and in all. He is the fullness of the Godhead. Okay? So Jesus is God. And Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is God the Father. And God the Father is God. And He has Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and they have separate responsibilities, but they have one nature. And they are the same. You say, Brother Casey, can you, can you illustrate that or explain that so that it's more easily understood? No, can you? When I understand the Trinity, I intend to be one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, I, when I can explain God, then I can be one. And you all know that's not going to happen. No, he's God. There's nobody else like him. His thinking is higher above our thinking than, than the heavens are above the earth. His ways are so different from our ways. What looks like it has is a straight direction is us just running around in circles. Thinking we're going somewhere. Just because you're moving doesn't mean you're making progress. Okay? Especially if you're going the wrong direction. So he goes on. He's the head of the body, the church. He was the, he's the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having, been made, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, by Jesus, to reconcile all things unto himself, God. By him, I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in earth. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. You know what it means to reconcile? Come here, Tom. Come here, Mark.
get up, rejected him, cut him off, turned away. We didn't have anything to do with him. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, I want you to go be friends with me. And I'm going to shed my blood and pay for Mark's offense. So that you don't ever have to think about it again. So it never comes up again. From now on, you see Mark like he was mean. That's reconciliation. See? Here is God's response to that reconciliation. The tragedy is that sometimes when Jesus offers us reconciliation, we turn and go the other way. Say, no, I'm just fine on my own. I can do things my own way. And besides, I'm not worried about not going to heaven. I'm a good person. (laughs) You say, really? Well, I'm better than so-and-so, and and he's a member of your church. Well, I say, you're better than me, and I'm a member of my church. People say, I'm good. I say, well, I wish I could be good. I tried one time. Ron got me in trouble anyhow, so I gave it up. It's not about being good. It's about being forgiven. That's what reconciliation is about. Okay? Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprobable reprovable in his sight. So when God sees me, because I have come to Jesus, he looks at me, and he doesn't see my ignorant sense of humor as a detriment. He doesn't see my willfulness. He doesn't see my sinfulness. He sees me wrapped up in the righteousness of his son. Wearing his son's clothes. And he says, Come here, boy. I love you. Unreprovable in his sight. And I don't know what y'all's response is to that, but it makes me want to say, Whoa! Yes! Amen! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Because of the blood of Christ. When we get to where we don't sing songs about the blood of Christ anymore, I'm out of here. When we quit talking about the blood that cleanses us from all sin, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, 1 John 1 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's not our good works, it's not somebody praying for us or saying, few words over us. No, it is the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that washed as white as snow. No other fount I know 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. When they sung a hymn, they went out. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your blessings. Lord, bless the meeting that's to follow this about uh, the share of the blessings uh, group. Dear Lord, have your will and way in that. Dear Lord, dismiss us with your love. Bring us back safely on Sunday. And, uh, and bless the Sunday school and the church service, the Sunday evening service. Dear Lord, bless the uh, retreat that I'm going to and where I'll be speaking. Dear Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for what you do. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.